Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Kalen's Coffee Talk is a CastBox original produced alongside with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Now, obviously, you can listen to my coffee talks wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope that you'll give CastBox a try because I think it's the bee's knees. So with that, pour yourself a cup and let's get to it. Slow down and everything you are chasing will come around and catch you. John D. Paola. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. For today, I wanted to talk about one thing at a time. Well, not necessarily one thing at a time, but I mean like actually doing things one thing at a time. First things first, it is so beautiful outside. I just want to give you guys like a little, just a little mood capture of the moment. I'm looking outside. It's sunny. It is beautiful out four, maybe three feet in front of me is Bentley cuddled up on my bed. And I just got back from eating a super yummy lunch and I'm now caffeinated and just ready to go. So happy Monday to you or whatever day you're listening to this and feel free to leave me a comment of what your current moment of the mood or mood of the moment is, I guess we'll call it. Oh, mood of the moment. I really like that. Okay, we're rolling with it. Anyways, I'll start throwing those into these podcast episodes. But for today, I wanted to talk about doing one thing at a time. And that's kind of where that whole, you know, mood of the moment came from, because I feel like when you kind of take a second to capture what's going on in your moment, like what the mood is, what's around you, you know, what you're seeing, what you're doing, what you're saying, it gives you a second to actually tune into one thing at a time, which is exactly what today's podcast episode is all about, solely because I feel like overwhelm has been a really good way to describe my recent mood, I feel like I keep going through fleeting moments of feeling super overwhelmed and then feeling super calm and content and like I've got everything covered. And it's teaching me a lot and thus I wanted to turn what I'm learning into today's podcast episode. I feel like dealing with overwhelm, it can be hard in this day and age because I feel like in the last, I would say five to 10 years, we're dealing with way more overwhelm than we were 
way back when solely just because of the enhancement in things like technology and social media. And long story short, I feel like just as the human race, we're trying to get way more done with the same amount of time. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll give or take a couple years. We have expanded our life expectancy just a bit. But at the same time, I feel like it's become almost like a norm for us to try and accomplish a crazy amount of things in our one lifetime. Not that, you know, ambition is a bad thing, but I definitely think that it can predispose us to being more overwhelmed than maybe our parents were or our parents' parents were. Without necessarily there being as much to stress about or as many hardships that we're facing. I think we're facing different kinds of hardships, different kinds of pressures, and definitely different types of expectations and standards that are placed on us coming from all different ways and all different avenues. But I definitely don't think that we necessarily have it any harder than our parents or our parents' parents, but we've made it harder. One thing I've noticed about myself recently is just how easily overwhelmed I get. Now, this is something that I think I've always kind of known about myself, but I always just kind of whittled it down to my anxiety. But there has to be a kind of difference between, you know, when you're actually anxious and your body is going through a sense of panic and when you're just overwhelmed and your brain is going through, I guess, a sense of overload. And I feel like making that differentiating factor is good for me because it makes it so that when I'm overwhelmed, I don't easily slip into that panic mode. I'm more able to be like, okay, this is just me feeling a little overwhelmed, a little maybe overstimulated, um, maybe a little overstressed, but definitely not in the sense of needing to fight or flight and run away from the situation. So, I mean, right then and there, that's the first and probably my biggest tip with dealing with overwhelm is to basically establish where you're feeling it. Because if your body's feeling overwhelmed, that's one thing. But when your mind is feeling overwhelmed, that's another thing. And then soul overwhelm is just a whole other topic for another day because I think that comes from like an energetic overwhelm. But right now I want to talk about our minds being overwhelmed because I feel like a lot of the times when we are overwhelmed, it's nothing that's actually physically making us overwhelmed in the moment. It's all just our perception and basically the mental pressures that we're putting on ourselves that are causing us to have all of this extra grief and stress that we carry with us throughout the day and ends up making us feeling high, strung, tired, strung out, you know, maybe a couple coffees too deep and then our heart rates beating just as fast as our thoughts are going. You get the drill. With so much to do and so much to be working on, it's hard not to look at the whole mountain when we're merely meant to just maybe focus in on one step at a time, you know? We don't have to take in the whole journey every single moment of the way. And I think it also doesn't help that we're much more aware of what everybody else is doing nowadays. And that's, again, another thing that I don't think our parents or our parents' parents really had to deal with is being so acutely aware of what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is accomplishing, and it can become almost kind of lost in the noise what is actually meant for you and what you're just taking on for yourself because you assume you should be doing it because everybody else is doing it. Like maybe you've told yourself that you'd like to write a book, but you've never really taken any interest in writing a day in your life. But just because other people are writing books, you suddenly have this pressure to write a book yourself and thus creates all of these crazy goals and standards that we start putting on ourselves that create an overstimulating sense of overwhelm. We scroll through our phones. I would want to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a wild guess from like anywhere from an hour to four hours a day. And if you feel like I'm wrong, I kid you not, there's an update on the iPhone that will tell you how long you spend on your phone and you will be flabbergasted. If you don't have that update or if you don't use an iPhone, download an app and just track how much you're on your phone just to give yourself like 
the awareness of knowing. I don't think you should judge yourself for it. I don't think technology's going anywhere. Don't beat yourself up for it. But just to get aware of where you're at in life in terms of how much time you spend on your phone. Because what you take in, the type of energy that you welcome into your life on a daily basis is super important. And I think that we kind of overlook how much energy we're taking in when we're constantly scrolling through our phones because that in itself feeds our overwhelm. That in itself is one of the main areas that I think we gain a lot of our overwhelm from because you could be trying to do just one, maybe two things today, but when you're scrolling through your phone and you're seeing what everybody else is doing, you're doing those one to two things, but the back of your mind is also like, but I should be doing X, Y, Z as well on top of all of the things that I'm already trying to do. And from there, we are not only taking pressure from the outside, but we're also creating a sense of pressure within ourselves without actually ever being told that we need to do these things. Like I mentioned, I don't think that we're actually physically overwhelmed in those moments and with things to do when you're actually feeling it. I just think that it's our thoughts that create this overwhelm. If you boil it down to the present moment right now, whatever you're doing as you're listening to this podcast, that is all you really can do in this moment. So realistically, and just, I mean, if we're going to break it down to black and white, like there is no reason to freak out. There is no reason to feel overwhelmed. So why do we? Why should we? And if it were that easy, we would all probably just turn it off, right? But that just goes to show you that if you can agree with me that there's nothing else that you can possibly do, not that you should do, but that you physically can do aside from what you're doing right now, then you agree with me that our overwhelm is merely just made up of our thoughts and our perspectives. And that means if it's made up of our thoughts and our perspectives, that a subtle shift in our thoughts and our perspectives could be the easy key that it takes in kicking our overwhelm to the side and upping our productivity. I did a coffee talk video on Sunday on the Coast channel that was all about how to achieve your goals and how to set your goals for 2019. So I definitely would highly recommend watching that if you guys want more in depth on the actual goal setting and accomplishing and like crushing those goals. This is more so the mindset of how to basically focus on those goals. If you want to actually plan and set and establish, definitely go check out that video. But that also was kind of like a spiral into today's topic because it's one thing to set and plan your goals, but then it's another thing to actually find the focus to get, you know, down deep, like elbow deep into those goals without feeling completely overwhelmed. And that is like the biggest thing that I feel like I tend to struggle with because I have so many goals that I'm super excited about and so many things that I want to accomplish that I overwhelm myself way too easily. I think that once you know what you want to focus on, once you know what your goals are, and that's why I think that video is super important. It helps you kind of narrow down exactly what your goals should be and what you really should focus on and how much you should focus on. Then you really do need to forget the rest. And that is the other thing that I, I struggle with a lot. I feel like telling myself I have one to five big goals that I can focus on for 2019. I'm like, but what about this other secondary goal? And what about that idea that I had like a couple weeks ago that could be really, really cool? I kind of want to work on that too. But the kind ofs and the shoulds and the, you know, maybes aren't really what we should be focusing on. And I think that when we add up and we rack up our lists with all of these like half ideas and these half goals and we're kind of committed, but we also realistically know we probably won't be able to get around to it, is the perfect seating for stemming a complete sense of overwhelm in our lives. So we really do need to forget the rest. And I struggled with this 
when I was writing down my goals for 2019 and I saw how much I would actually have time for this year and what things were going to have to either be postponed to next year or I'd have to just let it go and let it be someone else's idea, let somebody else bring it to life on this earth. It was really hard because, again, I feel like we all know what we're capable of. You obviously know more than anybody else what you're capable of and what you really want to be doing. But that's why getting really clear on the goals that you're trying to accomplish will make it so that you can make sure the top five are the ones you're most excited about, the ones that are most made for you, and let the rest go. I know a common theme that we've talked about is the fact that we're aware of how much time we have on this planet or how much time we can assume that we have on this planet. And while I think, again, that that is super important, I want to remind you that you still have more time than you think. It can feel like all we have is today or maybe even just this year because we're very short-sighted individuals. As human beings, we can't see that far into the future. And I think that that's a good thing because heaven forbid you plan out your whole life and then it doesn't go according to plan. I think it's good that we're kind of short-sighted, but I also think that it makes it so that we think we have to get way more done in way less amounts of time. So give yourself, you know, the grace of saying you can postpone some things to 2020. That's a weird word to say. Just say 2020. That's It's so weird to think about that next year is 2020, but put some things off to 2020. Hell, put some things off to 2021. You don't have to get it all done this year. Just focus in on the top five things you want to focus on and let the rest go. Be mindful of the things that you're actually saying yes to and that you're accepting in your life because this is something that even with the best of intentions, you could be burning yourself out. You could be cutting yourself short. Again, something I learned Definitely last year, but just in general, I feel like when we're more mindful of the things that we're presently accepting, we're saying, yes, I'm allowing this to have space in my life. I'm allowing this to take up my resources of time and energy. You need to be very picky on those things and not in the sense that I'm telling you that like you should think like, oh, I have to be picky because that's not worth my time or actually, yeah, that is exactly what I'm telling you. Decide what isn't worth your time. Decide what isn't worth your energy. And that doesn't say that whatever isn't worth your time and energy isn't necessarily a good thing. It could be good for something else or even good for you at a different time or a better time in your life. But you need to be very clear and mindful of the things that you're accepting, the things that you're saying yes to, and the things that you're inviting into your life because you only have so much space and so much time. So you don't want to burn yourself out and set yourself up for disaster. So I'm going to let you guys in on something that you probably already know, but it's a really hard pill to swallow. Multitasking kills productivity. And I say that that's a hard pill to swallow only because I'm kind of a little bit addicted to being productive. Like I love the feeling of accomplishing things on to-do lists. Like when I'm filling out my to-do list for the day, I know that there's like 10 things on there and I'm still racking my brain for more things I could be forgetting to add to my list. And that's where I go wrong because I think that I can multitask and get multiple things done at once and thus have a day that's filled with, I would say roughly anywhere from 15 to 25 tasks. That's usually what my to-do list for the day is. So lately I've been trying to dwindle those things down and tell myself like, no, multitasking, one thing at a time, let's be realistic, no more than 10 things, which even in itself, 10 things in a day is a lot. But a lot of the times those little 10 things can be just habits that I'm trying to ingrain, like waking up at a certain hour or going to bed at a certain hour. Those are easy to-do lists. Those are like little things that don't necessarily take up a big chunk of time. They're just like ticket and it's done. But I think that when we fill up our to-do lists and we fill up our tasks for the day with way too many things at once, it makes us less productive and it also burns out the like passion that we have 
from all the excitement that we got to do those things in the first place. You take away all the quality of, or not all of it, I guess, but you take away a big chunk of the quality of what you're trying to get done when you're trying to do it on top of three, even just two other things. Not to mention, multitasking is pretty much training our brains to constantly be in distraction mode rather than focus mode. If you think about it, how much time do you spend trying to do three, four, five things at once, and then once one of those things is done, you just throw another pancake onto the pan and another task into the mix, right? Because every time we try and multitask, and every time we get one thing done and we add on the other, we're just basically telling our brains that this is normal. This is our new norm, this is how we run, and two to three weeks of that is all it takes to ingrain a habit. So that means two to three weeks of multitasking is two to three weeks of burning overwhelm into your norm, into your brain, into your day-to-day routine. So when I started to notice that my overwhelm wasn't even necessarily a what I had on the list of things to do that day, but it was becoming more so a I just woke up and instantly I'm already feeling overwhelmed without even looking at what I have to do today, I knew that it meant that I had just become subconsciously you know, normalized or neutralized to feeling overwhelmed because of the way I was going about the things I needed to do in a day. So it's been a recent goal of mine to slow my life down, to take things one mindful task at a time and to put everything else, not like away, but I mean like shut it down. Like don't even look at my to-do list until that task is done. And doing it that way and slowing myself down, I will say that, yeah, it's taken a bit of time to adjust and allow that to be my new norm. And at first, I feel like I wasn't getting as much done only because I was having to do things a lot slower, but the quality of things I was getting done, like once I would finish a video that I wasn't trying to edit three videos at once or trying to, you know, answer emails and edit at the same time or whatever, when that video was finished, I would look at it and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is exactly how I pictured this video. Like the quality of this is exactly how I wanted it to be because I gave it my 100% focus. Like I said, it takes roughly two to three weeks to ingrain a new habit. So two to three weeks of frantically being overwhelmed and running around with your head cut off is going to make that a norm for you. So two to three weeks of taking your life a little slower and doing one task at a time will slowly break down your overwhelm and allow a lot more calm to seep into your life. And trust me, that feeling is a hell of a lot more addictive. When you're trying to multitask, you're taking away your priority goals and assumption that you can get all of it done at any time, which also leaves more room and more just... I guess, eagerness to procrastinate because when we think, oh, we're doing five things at once, so I got a little bit of this done, I got a little bit of that done, a little bit of this done, and you're trying to do just a little bit of each thing at once, you end up procrastinating when you actually finish the job. Or you end up feeling so overwhelmed that you drop everything, you feel like a failure, you climb into a hole in your bed, cry yourself to sleep and think, I'm never going to be able to feel like a success. I'm never going to be able to get all this done. And it just turns into the super toxic, like guilt-ridden ickiness that you just end up feeling horrible about. And I don't know. I just feel like multitasking, and I know some people in my life that are really, really good at it, so I'm not saying that this is necessarily for everyone, but I feel like as a whole, I can say that multitasking is never as good as we think it's going to be, or it's never as productive as we think it'll make us. You'll end up starting and stopping projects or giving up on the ones that fall through the cracks because you forgot you were trying to do that while you were trying to do this. You only have so much energy and time in a day, so doing more things at once might 
give you the presumption of having more time to finish the things that you're trying to do, but all it's actually doing is bleeding all of your mental energy. So when you get around to actually trying to do all those things, by the time you're about 15, 20 minutes in of trying to do four or five things at once, you're going to feel completely zonked and tired. But if you pace yourself, if you take things one task at a time, you're giving yourself the mental energy to check in to be exactly where you are, to be mindful of the things you're doing, and to feel a sense of, you know, accomplishment and reward, energy reward, in terms of once you're finished that project, you're going to feel so good about, like I said, that one video that I was editing and I didn't do anything else while I was editing it, how happy that video made me when it was finished, gave me that little spurt of like, almost like a little espresso kick of energy to go into the next task rather than trying to do all the tasks at once. When you multitask, you're more likely to miss things, you're more likely to forget, and you're more likely to sell yourself short. You're diminishing the value of what you're doing and thus the satisfaction of what you're getting from completing what you're trying to do. And throughout all of it, you're also training your brain to become less mindful because when you're trying to do multiple things at once, that means that your brain is trying to be multiple places at once. And that is the fastest and easiest way to one, watch your whole life go by without actually being present for it, but also two, not actually enjoy the things that you're doing. Like I said, I i mean, this is coming from a productivity fiend. Like I would say I have an addictive personality in the sense that I am addicted to anything that makes me feel productive, that makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things and that makes me feel like I'm like a go-go-getter, you know? So this year it's been definitely a goal of mine to slow my life down and to become more mindful with the things I'm doing because even though last year I had an incredible year and I feel like I got a lot of things done, when I'm honest with myself about how much stress Catcher costed me, about how much stress Utober costed me and just all of these things that are meant to be these exciting projects that I took on with the best of intentions but tried to do them with all of these other things going on at once, it took away a lot of the enjoyment and the mindfulness that came from the initial intention to do those things. And so I think that becoming mindful will make our productivity more enjoyable. You can be the most productive person in the world, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the most successful person in the world. I personally like to think of success as happiness. Now that is my own personal definition of success. So when I think about being happy as being successful, you know what, let me rephrase that. When I think about being content as being successful, when I think about being just in the moment and very okay, not even okay, just very connected to what I'm doing, that is success to me. So while I do think that 2018 was a successful year in terms of what I got done, I want to be more successful in 2019 by actually connecting to what I'm doing. And not only that, but enjoying what I'm doing more. And I think the only way to do that is to get rid of my overwhelm. And the only way to get rid of my overwhelm is to become more mindful of what I'm doing and to do things one task at a time. So now that we've broken down, you know, the whole perspective of it, how can we turn this into action items? Well, that's exactly what we're going to get into in the second portion of this podcast episode, right after I leave you guys with a message from today's Coffee Talk sponsors. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So bringing it back to how we actually turn our non-overwhelm into action items now, because once we know how and why we're overwhelmed, it's time to get back to doing the things we need to do without feeling overwhelmed. So figure out exactly what you want to be working on. Like I mentioned, I did a full video, coffee talk actually, on the Co's channel on how to prioritize your top goals and how to set your goals for 2019. In that video, I talked about setting anywhere from one to five main things to focus on because I feel like if you try and take on any more, that's where your overwhelm is definitely gonna come in. And I know you're gonna try and find a way to justify and reason why you need to do six or seven or eight things, but you are getting it live right from me. Like, trust me, I wanted to list off like 15 things for the year, but this year, five things. That's it. That's the top you can do. Just do that for one year and see how much you end up getting done. I'm going to take a wild guess that if you just focus on five things, you'll probably get way more done by the end of the year if instead you were trying to focus on 10. And I speak that from actual experience. So let's do it together, shall we? Just like one to five things, 2019, narrow it down and be very like picky about it. Like pick, but be selective on those five things. Because once you have those five things, we need to break those down into like either daily tasks, weekly tasks, or monthly check-ins. Decide on what the end game of those five things looks like to you because that's the other thing. You can't just be like, okay, I want to be a yogi. But what does that actually mean for you in terms of one year from now? Maybe that's, I want to practice yoga every single day. I want to be able to do a headstand by the end of this year. I want to be able to insert thing here. Like maybe you even want to get your certificate to run your own class for yoga or to teach yoga. Or maybe you want to go on a yoga retreat at the end of the year if you promise yourself that you'll do yoga once 
once a week. Just figure out a way to make your goal tangible and to make your goal have like an end game in sight and then pick a date that you want to have that end game for. From there, you're going to want to work your way backwards and break down every little thing into manageable tasks and bite-sized pieces. Once you do that, give yourself one manageable task or bite-sized piece a day. I mean, mind you, if your bite-sized pieces are something that's only going to take you like five minutes, you can definitely do more than one bite-sized piece. But I mean, like, don't work on said thing for more than like an hour or maybe even two a day. Because if you're trying to get five big goals done, that right there is like five tasks that you could technically be doing on a day-to-day basis. Decide on one action item that you can take today and then decide on the action item that you're going to need to take again tomorrow or maybe take a different one tomorrow. But either way, when it comes down to it, only do that task. If you're feeling overwhelmed by wanting to change your entire life, if you're feeling like five things is not enough for you, if you feel like where you're at now is nowhere close to where you want to be, I still highly recommend only focusing on changing five things in your life this year because I'm telling you right now, one, your life is definitely not as bad as you might perceive it to be, and two, changing even just one thing in your life will create a ripple effect to changing a lot of other things. And a lot of the times, we don't even really need to physically change our lives, we just need to change our perspectives. So if you're opening yourself up and giving space for change in your life by tackling these five main things that you choose to focus on, then I'm telling you, your mindset will automatically start to shift and change with it. And you'll become more and more in love with your life and more and more in love with changing your life and, you know, creating more mindfulness in your life. Like it all keeps on boiling back down to mindfulness. Pick one to five ways to change your life now and then break those down into tasks that you can do monthly tasks that you can do weekly, and maybe even tasks that you can do daily. Then turn your overall concepts into tangible goals and action items and give yourself the time and space to change your overwhelmed ways. And what I mean by that is once you've broken it down into your action items, give yourself the time and space to take your time to do those action items every day, every week, every month, and understand that your life will not change overnight that your overwhelm will go away if you give yourself some wiggle room, if you give yourself some grace and some space to actually get those things done and to feel yourself changing. I think if we were to just say like, okay, I want to get these five goals done this year and we were able to just accomplish those five goals overnight, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. You got to enjoy the process. You got to enjoy the hike. You know, Miley Cyrus, it's all about the climb, guys. So basically what I'm telling you to do here is focus because once you know what you need to focus on, then you can put the rest of your to-do list away so that it's no longer taunting you. Focusing and learning how to properly focus is exactly where you're going to kick overwhelm to the curb. Take a quick mindful moment before you're about to check into your task. Once you've done the whole breakdown of your goals and the top five things you need to do and broken it down into your bite-sized pieces and you're about to take your first bite, make sure that one, you've put all the other bites away. Don't even think about the other bites. You're just focusing on one bite at a time. And then two, and probably my most important, I guess, action item in all of this podcast episode is to create a little mindful moment before you check into what you're about to do. This has been one of the best things that's helped me slow down my life. It's literally taking a moment to just become mindful of the task I'm about to commit myself to. Sometimes I'll just close my eyes. Other times I'll just take a moment and take a deep breath breath. I like to picture what it is that I'm needing to do or what I'm about to do. I like to picture myself actually doing it. And then I like to picture what it's going to look like when I'm complete, 
what it's going to feel like when I finish that task. And then I like to open my eyes or take my deep breath and then just get to it. Taking that little mindful moment before checking into what I'm trying to do makes it so that I'm so much better and easier at focusing on actually doing it. Because otherwise, I feel like I kind of just throw myself into these tasks and I'm not actually fully checked into them. So even though I'm doing only one task at a time, my brain is still trying to multitask. It's still trying to think of the grocery list I need to get later tonight or when I'm going to eat dinner or what time I said I would call this person at or did I have a conference meeting today? I can't really remember. So just making sure to have that mindful moment to sit and be like, okay, right now all I need to focus on is editing this video. I'll close my eyes. I'll picture the video being finished. I'll picture myself editing the video, chopping it together, having the best time of my life with my headphones in. I'll picture myself wherever I'm actually editing the video. I'll picture myself just jumping in glee or maybe just only mentally jumping in glee if I'm out in public once the video's done. I'll picture uploading the video and just how good it'll feel to know that my best work is going up. And I'll picture all of that before I open my eyes in the matter of like 30 seconds and then I'll start my task. And instantly I feel that excitement and I feel that connection to what I'm doing. And it makes it easier for me to focus on just editing that video rather than editing that video while thinking about all the other things I'm trying to do at once. Another big tip of mine is to set a timer. And this really helps in keeping my freedom, like my freedom to actually go running wild with the task that I'm doing. Sometimes when you're editing a video or when you're doing anything creative or you're working on a goal or a passion of yours, it can become super easy to kind of run wild with just the creativity and the excitement. And maybe you come up with another idea and another this and another that, or maybe your whole goal starts to shift and change on its own. And that's an amazing thing. Definitely let your creativity and let your passion run wild. But I think that that's when timers can be really helpful because if I set like an hour timer and I'm sitting down to either meditate or do yoga or work on a video, like I said, work on a blog post and write something out for catcher. I feel like when I have that hour timer set, I can forget everything else I need to do, knowing that in an hour my phone or my timer will go off and remind me that it's time to check back in to the whole you know, world or to reality or to whatever else I need to do next. Anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour I feel like is perfect because it gives your brain that break to just not think about anything else. Your brain also knows that there's something that's going to remind you to check back in. So it gives yourself the chance to run wild, to be focused, to just be completely in the zone, like in your element, knowing that it's not going to last forever. You can't get too out of hand or lose track of time because you've created a backup plan that's going to keep you on task with the rest of your day. My third tip in focusing is do not go back to any other task or Even look at your to-do list or your phone until your task is fully complete or until your timer goes out. Because I also know that sometimes tasks take a long time. Uh, No way I could sit down and just punch out a whole video in one sitting, but doing that one hour and just being like, hey, in an hour I'll get up and I'll stretch a little bit. Maybe I'll take Bentley for a walk, grab some water, have a snack, sit back down and do it again. Either way though, when you are trying to focus on something and you're sitting down to do your task, either go until you're done or go until your timer goes off because that is going to also make sure that you're not getting distracted. And again, you're not training your brain to be like, ooh, squirrel or ooh, text message or ooh, I wonder what Instagram's up to. Just put it all away, 
zone in and be in that element for either the amount of time that you've put on your timer or until that task is complete, like folding your laundry or checking your emails or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And if you still feel a sense of overwhelm, remind yourself that this step will lead to the next. It'll lead to whatever it is you're feeling overwhelmed about and that time is unfolding exactly as it should. That is not in your control. The only thing that is in your control is exactly what you can do mindfully with the present moment. And that's exactly what you are doing. So just, you know, have a little talk with your overwhelm. Have a little mindful moment. Think about it. Hold it. Give it space. Because if you don't give it space, it's going to demand to be felt. So give your overwhelm some space. Feel it for a second. Talk to it, justify it, tell it what you're trying to do here, and then ask it to take a seat at least for the hour or at least until this task is done and see if you feel any better. Remember, it takes two to three weeks to retrain your habitual thought patterns and your ways. So if you're going to try and kick overwhelm to the curb, which hi, I'm doing that right there alongside with you. We have to give ourselves that space of two to three weeks to basically become normalized at not freaking out all the time about all the things we have to do. So you're probably still going to feel like you want to freak out. You're probably still going to feel a little overwhelmed at first, but that's okay. Knowing that means that we won't let it deter us from what we're trying to do. Set yourself a little three-week countdown on your phone or on a calendar and only challenge yourself to use this focus plan for that amount of time. Just three weeks of not letting yourself get overwhelmed and only doing things slowly, mindfully, one task at a time, and just see how much more productive you feel at the end of those three weeks. See how much better you feel at the end of those three weeks and then reevaluate if you wanna take any of you know these action items or these practice perspectives with you. Because here's the thing, I think life is simple, but we as humans tend to overcomplicate it. If you can think back to a year ago, to the overwhelm and stress that you probably felt about what you were trying to get done then, ask yourself how much it matters now. Can you even remember? Can you remember about what you were stressing about a year ago today, about what you know you had to pick up from the grocery store or what appointment you had to book or what you were trying to accomplish that day? Probably not. You might see an overall what you got done for the year, but there's no way that the stress and overwhelm you felt on this exact day, 365 days ago, You could call it up in your head like it's nothing. Don't unknowingly waste away your life freaking out about all the things that you're already getting done because that's it. You are getting them done and freaking out about them isn't getting them done any faster. It's just soaking up all the joy of actually doing them. Overwhelm isn't productive. Busy isn't productive. Calm and clear mindful action is productivity at its best. It's you at your happiest and it's you at your most connected to the things that you're doing and accomplishing and the life that you're ultimately living. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles my friends. So there you guys have it. That is today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. Feel free to leave me any kind of requests that you guys want for future Coffee Talk podcasts going into this new year. I know a few of you guys are writing me on Instagram some ideas and I totally appreciate that. And my assistant Zoe has been taking down a lot of your guys' ideas as well. So definitely be sure to tell me anything that you guys want to talk about over our next cup of joe. And aside from that, I will talk to all of you guys next Monday. Bye, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully 
done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.